0: Welcome to the Sleep Fairy Way podcast. I'm your host, Jessalyn Romney, a baby sleep consultant and a mother of four. I'm here to teach you everything I know about baby sleep, motherhood, postpartum, and more. I'm so happy you're here. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast today. I'm so excited because we have a guest that we've had in the past. She's amazing. Freckled hand slash Hannah Olson slash redefining motherhood coach Hannah welcome to the podcast today I'm so excited to have you again thanks for having
1: Hello. me back I'm excited to chat
0: Hannah and I met at our last literally last podcast episode was the first time we had ever met in February and we've just become like instant friends ever since. So (laughs) we can. I know about you and people have heard the previous episode have heard about you. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, it is three thoughts that are making you miserable in your motherhood. Go check it out. It's episode number 28. It was on Valentine's Day actually. So go listen to that if you haven't. But Hannah, can you just give us a brief introduction of you before we dive in today?
1: Absolutely. I am really passionate about helping women understand the difference between motherhood, the relationship and caregiving the job, because as a society, we tend to get really confused about where those things start and stop. And we just call everything that has to do with kids and managing a household and everything else, motherhood, even though it's really not motherhood. So like an example of this is people will say like, Oh, one part of motherhood I will never miss is laundry right? But like laundry exists, whether or not you have children, laundry exists, whether or not laundry is just a household task. But yet we like use that when referring to motherhood, because probably if you have children, there's more laundry in your house and you feel like that's your responsibility and et cetera, et cetera. So what I try to do is I help women like really get clear on like, what are the jobs that I'm doing as part of being a caregiver for my children? And how can i separate that out from the actual relationship that i'm building with them perfect and I Well, the reason that Hannah has changed
0: my mind and my perspective on motherhood is because when there are situations like the laundry that's piled up in my hallway, I don't have to look at it and be like, oh oh my gosh, motherhood is exa- is exhausting. It's like, well, my husband can fold those. That has nothing to do with me. Like that's just yeah. a job. My kids can help fold
1: those. Like, Yeah, you could hire a laundry service. Your kids you could do it. Like nothing about actually folding the laundry is what's making you a mom. But so frequently we like let it become part of like the stress of motherhood when it's sure it can still be stressful and that's fine, but just don't call it motherhood. Just like laundry. I don't remember the phrase that you use, but um, instead of saying like, oh, motherhood is never ending, whatever. It's just like, oh, laundry is never ending because then it's yeah. like, we're not holding that against our children, which in my opinion, creates a much healthier and happier space for actually having a strong relationship with our kids when we're not like holding against all these other tasks <laughs> that we are taking on against them
0: yeah you're just like resenting them for wearing clothes and it's like yeah. well, that's part, part of being or, a human
1: yeah or like getting clothes dirty right like oh uh, now yeah. it's just more laundry for me and it's like hello they're children like it's okay for them to get clothes dirty like I get yeah. clothes dirty too and I am in my 30s you know right
0: yeah right literally I spill on my clothes every time I eat and my husband's like are you a toddler <laughs> like every single time okay, I okay. Graduated
1: from that phase yet
0: <laughs> yeah and yeah I'm not out of there yet um okay so I also want to clarify that you are a mom of five, almost six. So like, you know what you're talking about. You have been in this for a long time and people are going to learn a lot of things from you today. So you're going to talk about becoming the CEO.
1: I haven't been in it that long. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Let (laughs) me, let me rewind. So I, I don't, you know, I do have to like bring that up because it's true. Like I've never had a teenager And so I do want to like acknowledge that, that there are things within parenthood and motherhood and the relationship that I have not experienced. However, I do think that like, by focusing on the relationship, I think I'll be able to avoid a lot of the pitfalls that I have observed. Um, But you know, it's like, it's, we're all learning and growing because every relationship is new and we've never experienced that relationship before. And so I do think that there are a lot of tools that I have that can help women with children of all ages, but just full disclosure. I have to give that caveat that my oldest is seven.
0: <laughs> I forget. I forget that your oldest is only seven because that's how old my second is. And that is like me having an extra child and one on the way with him being the oldest. Like that <laughs> blows my mind. Your kids are like so close. Every single one of them.
1: They're all 18 months apart. Like exactly. Pretty much. The, the Right wow. now I'm pregnant with number six and they'll be two years apart. But the rest are 18 months apart. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's amazing. And honest, honestly, it's so fun for them. My siblings, like there's four of us that were super, super close in age. And then like five years later, it was our baby sister. So we're kind of like, oh, she's our baby, you know, but it was so fun growing up with siblings that are basically the same age as you, one in every grade, like it's just so fun. So that's awesome for them.
1: And I will say too, kind of back to the whole, like my oldest is seven thing that while that might, you know, have, I can't speak to having had a teenager. I can speak to getting really clear on the difference between the relationship and the job of caregiving, because let me tell you, when you have five children and your oldest is seven, the amount of caregiving and just like things that require like little children require, like I am very familiar with, (laughs) right? Like I have one child that can successfully buckle themselves in repeatedly. You know, like it's, there are so many things that like I, because of my children are so close together and because of, the demand of caregiving, it has forced me to get so, so clear on what is motherhood and what isn't for the sake of having a good relationship with my kids.
0: And your sanity. Like if you, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's why you're changing lives. Okay. Sorry. I went on a tangent, but I, today you're going to teach us about becoming the CEO of your home, which literally every single person in the world has That opportunity to become the CEO of their home, but they don't understand what that means and how to do that. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say today. What is your first tip on becoming the CEO of your home?
1: Okay, I'm going to give a little bit of backstory before I dive into the first tip, because I just want to kind of set the scene of like when I became a mom to my first child, I, in my mind, being a mom and being a caregiver were the same thing. Like being a mom meant changing the diapers doing all like the nap time stuff, feeding, like all of the tasks, like that was motherhood. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so that was, there was no separation there. There was no differentiation, but over time, as I kept having kids and I was just, you know, like so consumed with what I thought of as motherhood, I would see other women who maybe worked outside of the home or like did other things. And And it was just like, okay, wait, well, are those women like less of a mom than me? Because they're like not doing all these things that I'm doing. And for a minute, I probably did feel that way. Like I probably did. I mean, I was, I was envious a little bit and like jealous of other women who like got to do things outside of motherhood is how I framed it in my mind. Like, that's how I thought of it. And, and I was just like, oh, well, I kind of had this like moral high ground of like, well, I'm, you know, being the best mom that I could be because I'm like with my kids all the time. And eventually I realized that like, I was kind of resenting my kids. And I was like, huh, I wonder what is actually making a better mom here, right? Like like someone who has a healthy relationship with their children, and has like interests and hobbies and an identity outside of that, or me who is fully consumed by all of the caregiving and all of the all the things. And I was like, it's actually not me. Like I'm I'm not being a great mom in this situation, even though I'm checking all the boxes, even though I am with my children from some sunup to sundown, down, I am putting them to bed every night. I am waking up. I'm making all the snacks. I'm doing all the things. I'm actually not being a great mom because I was so consumed with all the tasks that I didn't even have like an emotional capacity to be building a relationship with them. It was simply task oriented. And that's when I had like this huge epiphany of like, okay, hold on yeah, I can build the relationship through the tasks, but more often than not, I'm letting the tasks become so important that I don't even have space for the relationship. So mm-hmm. something's got to change. Yeah. And, um, after I had my third baby, I got really into podcasts. I was like binging all the podcasts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and one podcast that I love to list to was how I built this, which is a podcast that um, interviews entrepreneurs talking about like how they started their companies. I had no business listening to this podcast. I was not an entrepreneur. I was not dreaming of starting a company. Like I was just, you know, random stay at home mom with three little kids listening to these podcasts, but they were so fascinating, right? And I started noticing a theme between all of these podcasts, these entrepreneurs of things that I related to, which I was like, that doesn't make sense. But it was things like always more work to be done than they had time for. And I was like, oh, Hey, I relate to that. (laughs) Right. It was, they had to be really careful. Well, actually, hold on. Let me get to that one a second. Um, they felt really lonely a lot of the time because they were building something and they were not with other people. They were by themselves, which, Hey, I related to that. They were like just multiple of these themes. And one thing that I realized was that with the whole, like, there's always more work that can be done thing. Boundaries came up a lot. And the concept that like, they had to be really careful with work-life boundaries. Otherwise their business was going to take over everything and it was going to ruin their relationships. Interesting. And listening to them talk about that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's me. I am letting caregiving become so consuming because there's always more work to be done. There's never a stopping point. It's always, you see these memes on social media that are like, Motherhood is 247, 365. You never get a vacation. You never get a big blah, blah, blah. And it was like, that is me, right? Yeah. And then it was like, oh, but hold on a second. What is this doing for my relationships? Because it's the same thing as a workaholic in any other field. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized, like, hold on a second. I'm not working for my children. I'm not working for my husband. I am an entrepreneur. <laughs> I for myself. And just like those entrepreneurs at the beginning, they were not making a paycheck and just like I was not making a paycheck, right? <laughs> there were so many parallels. And so it was like, okay, could that be something that I implement too? Like this work-life boundaries concept totally blew my mind. And that's when I started formulating this, okay, hold on. I am building a relationship with my kids and yes, that relationship is 24/7 365. But to be expecting to be the caregiver, the person that is doing all the things 24, 7, 365, that is a violation of boundaries. Now <laughs> I am totally, have totally. and consumed with my job of caregiving. So for the sake of my family, for the sake of my marriage, for the sake of my sanity, I need to have some breaks from this job of being because otherwise I am no better of workaholic an of any other person in the world. So that's my first tip. Establish some work-life boundaries. <laughs> Amazing. Kat, how do you do that? Can you give and an example?
0: Like, how do you how do you yeah. create boundaries? Because I have I have been in that cycle where like I just walk around and I'm like, oh my gosh, there is so much that needs to be done all the time. So how do you create that boundary of like, no, that doesn't need to be done?
1: So you start thinking of it like you would as a CEO, which is like, okay, as a CEO. There's literally all more. There's always more that I could be doing. So at a certain Mm -hmm. time of the day, I have to decide to be done. Mm -hmm. So like laundry, I mean, it's a little bit like, I understand why it's not like so cut and dry all the time, because like, as far as kids, like you want, you want your kids to be put to bed, right? So like, you can't (laughs) just be like, okay, oh, it's eight Oh two. Sorry. Nope. Done. Right. You still kind of have to do some stuff like laundry dishes, just general cleanup around the house. That can always be done another day. Like it does not have to happen today. Mm. It can be like, oh, hard and fast rule, 7.30, I am done doing housework. 7.30, I put my kids to bed. And then after that, I am not going to be folding laundry. I'm not going to be doing dishes. I'm going to be doing something for me. And that's perfectly okay. And you don't have to feel bad about it because it's like everybody has to do that. Everybody that knows there's more work to be done has to decide a time to stop, right? So that's one way. Another thing, it can even just be stuff like... Like when I get get my kids food in the morning, or maybe I'll ask them if they're hungry and they'll say no. And then I'll sit down to eat my breakfast and then, oh, look, everybody's hungry all of a sudden. Right. Right. And I'm like, I'll say either I've already gotten you food. I'm going to eat my food. I'll get you more when I'm done. Or I'll say, sorry, I offered to get you food, but you said no. And now I'm going to eat my food. Right. Like just, just stuff like that, where I just show them like, this is a priority to me. I'm eating my lunch now. You're going to be fine for five minutes while you mention Sometimes I'll set a timer for them, depending on the age, you know, just to like help them see like mom is doing something else right now. And she's not available to me. And I offered to help them. <laughs> or if I'm pregnant, sometimes I don't sometimes I'm like, sorry, no, nope, I <laughs> need Trump yours. Like yep, you, yep. you can wait five minutes. <laughs> um, so that's another example, but yeah, really just like deciding. And then another thing is just like knowing that you have a break coming up. So mm-hmm. date nights, I think people always talk about date nights and then nobody ever does them. Cause they're like, I have kids. How would I do that? Right. But like, just knowing that you're going to have sometime, even if it's once a month that, you know, like I'm not going to have to put my, my kids to bed on September 13th because of <laughs> having something like that, or even just with your husband, like having a night, I know a lot of couples would be like, Hey, Tuesday nights, all you can go and do whatever you want to do. Thursday nights are my night. You're going to handle bed. You're going to handle all this stuff. And I'm going to either leave the house and do something or just go to a different part of the house, but just having breaks and not feeling guilty about that, not feeling like you're doing something wrong or that you're a bad mom because you actively seek out breaks from caregiving for your children. I think there's there. It's so sad to me when I hear that women feel guilt over that, because it's like, this is a job just like anything else is a job. And to yeah. expect to never get a break from that job is crazy. It's crazy. And it's just like, but it's so normalized. And yep. like, it's, there's so much pressure put on women. Like, especially if you don't love being with your kids all the time, maybe you feel like a bad mom. Like if you want to have a break for your kid from your kids. And it's like, no, you can absolutely love your kids and love the relationship with are building with them and be like, I do not like being a caregiver sometimes. Yeah. Just because everybody has days on their job that they're like, that sucked <laughs> yeah worst day ever
0: anything.
1: it doesn't mean anything about their moral character it's just yeah. it is
0: what it is that's so true i we recently we have tried to do date nights over the years but like it does it it gets hard and then i let it get hard like oh finding a is too hard or like it's too hard to leave her because she has anxiety or whatever but we right. have really made it a priority for the last i don't know six months or so to try to go on a date every weekend like we text our babysitter and we're like can you do friday or saturday let them choose whatever one works better. And it has changed my life because the entire week, I look forward to that. And having something to look forward to makes me like, it's just, it's so exciting to be like, okay, I get to go hang out, I get to be me, I get to hang out with my husband and somebody else can take care of bedtime. And I'm not gonna feel bad about it. And when my kids cry and say, I don't want you to leave. I'm like, okay. I don't have to feel guilty because I'm like, I understand that you don't want me to leave, but it's important for me and dad to spend time together. So we're going to go, your babysitter's here. She's going to take care of you and I'll kiss you goodnight when I get home. And then I leave and don't think twice about it.
1: Absolutely. And I love what you said about having something to look forward to. I heard this quote, it was like shortly after COVID lockdown happened, that said, having something to look forward to is a form of self-care.
0: 100%. And
1: that resonated with me so deeply. And I think that was part of the reason why during COVID and during lockdown, like, everyone's mental health went so down because nobody had anything to look forward to anymore. We were literally And we like, didn't know when we would either. We didn't know when, we didn't know what. Like it was just such this dark abyss going <laughs> looking yeah. forward. Totally. But it was it was scary and it was hard. And so I love that you pointed that out because I absolutely think having something to look forward to is a form of self-care and yep. that can be literally anything. Like even if it's you're looking forward to taking a bath tonight when the kids go to bed. Like yeah, that can be a form of self-care if it's something you're looking forward to. Yeah. So love that you brought that up.
0: Always have something to I look wanna, forward to. I
1: want to mention too, that like, I think a lot of the reason too why people don't do day nights or whatever, don't get a break is because they're like, I don't have money. I can't afford this, blah, blah, blah. So I want to speak to that for a second. Okay. Because first of all, there are, I'm sure there are other people that feel similarly to you that will be willing to trade. So yes. try that first. Try finding people who are like, hey, It doesn't have to be every week. It could be once a month. We had for a little bit, it was awesome. We had a couple that like our kids got along with their kids and we would do Saturday mornings, like every uh, once a month, we would just pick a Saturday and me and my husband would go to breakfast while they watched all the kids. And then we would come take over all the kids and they would go to lunch. And it was like, awesome. And the kids just loved it because they got to play all day. So it doesn't have to be expensive at the same time it's okay to spend money on this. <laughs> I'm yeah, yeah. give you that too, because especially as stay at home moms, we are not being paid. Right. And so we feel like we can't be asking or like, you know, spending money on things like that. Yeah. But I want to ask you this. And I, I think this relates to the CEO thing, because when you start thinking about yourself as a CEO, you start thinking about things differently. So think about if your husband came home from work Every single day, and was just like deflated, defeated, deflated, just like so grumpy, so over everything, and just not happy. Right? And he had this opportunity to change jobs, and it was going to be like his dream situation. It was going to be his dream job. It was going to be with coworkers he loved. It was going to be all the things that he wanted. But it was going to be a pay cut. Would you encourage him to take that job? We've done that. I'm not so going yes. to say yes but (laughs) I'm not (laughs) going to say people are going to say yes, a hundred percent of cases, but I'm willing to bet you, it would be, you would be willing to entertain the conversation, right? You would be like, yes, yes. We are willing to take a pay cut. Okay. Now apply that same logic to yourself. If you are ending the every, every single day, feeling so burned out, feeling so frustrated, feeling so just like awful all the time. And all it's going to take is a little bit of money every week to either hire a babysitter so that you can go out and do something or hire a babysitter so that you can go on a date night, whatever it is. It is worth your family to take that pay cut for your mental health. And so I think it's really important that you view it that way. Because you would be willing to support your husband. I'm, I'm just, you know, again, maybe yes. not a hundred percent of cases, but like in the majority of cases, you would be willing to take the family sacrifice of getting a little bit less money every month. If you knew it was going to support your family. Yeah. You are absolutely deserving of that same sacrifice and support. Maybe for you, that's like hiring someone to come in and clean your house occasionally. Maybe that's hiring someone to do the laundry, like whatever it is. You are entitled to that, and when you're thinking about yourself as a CEO, you are way more likely to do that than like, oh, I'm just, a, I'm just a mom, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. Like, no, you are the CEO of your home. Own it.
0: hundred <laughs> percent. I just want to slow clap to that. We, because we've done that before. We have done where my husband had changed job, got a pay cut, but it was a job that he was so excited about, and I could just like see, like it lit him up, and I was like, this is the best decision we've ever made. And then. I kind of went through that last year and I might, we might have talked about this previously, but I did that last year where I like for so long resisted hiring a nanny because I was like, no, I should be able to work and take care of my kids and good moms take care of their kids. And I don't, I shouldn't have to leave or like, I shouldn't hire somebody if I'm just working from home. And I just went through this whole thing of like, I should be able to do both. And then when we finally hired a nanny, it changed everything where I feel like I could, I could be present in work and then I could also be present with my kids. And it was it was a total game changer. So everything you said, I was just like, yes, because I have lived it and it's
1: changed my life. And that leads into another point that I wanted to bring up is that another thing I observed in listening to these podcasts was that CEOs of companies, they never expect to do everything on their own. They always expect to have help and to hire help. And so that is another way that you can be thinking of yourself as a CEO is like understanding that it's, it does not make you less of a mom to ask for help in anything. Because ultimately what we were trying to, what we are trying to do as mothers, our literal only goal is to be building a strong relationship with our kids and asking for help from other people is a hundred percent of the time going to improve our relationship with our kids. Whether that help is like help around the house, help with caregiving, help from other professionals who can help us learn how to better in relationships, right? Like any aspect like mental health therapy, whatever it is, there's no award for doing it on your own. And honestly, the cost of trying to do it on your own a lot of times is the relationship. So adapt that yeah. CEO mindset, realize that you are never meant to do it alone and really rely and lean and don't feel guilty about getting and asking for the help that you want.
0: Oh, I love that so much. It's so true. I don't know why we feel like we have to do it all on our own because like you said, it really, for me, it totally damages the relationship because I start resenting my kids. I'm angry at them for like things to, like just being a kid and that's not fair to them.
1: For sure. And I think it's so common.
0: Yeah. And it really is.
1: I, I think it happens. The reason why it happens though is because of the way that we talk about motherhood as a society and the yeah. way that we lump driving carpools and making dinner and doing laundry and watching kids. Like we label all of those things, motherhood. So when you have the opportunity or you think like, oh, maybe my life would be a little bit easier if I wasn't doing some of these things, all of a sudden you're less of a mom now, because if those things and you're considering outsourcing them, then are, are you even deserving of being a mother? <laughs> right? Like we get these right, crazy Right. Right. Which is so ridiculous. It's absolutely bonkers. And it's why my business, yeah. my company is called Redefining Motherhood because I'm really trying to help people get back to what motherhood actually is because it is so easy. And I literally experienced this, that because we're constantly calling those things motherhood, we can elevate them beyond the relationship and make their importance more, they're, they're easier to measure a lot of times than the relationship. And so yeah. it's really easy to feel like a good mom when we're checking those boxes and we're saying like, oh, I picked up the carpool. I did this. I did this. When it really like relationships are a lot harder than that. They're a lot deeper. They're a lot more complex and they don't have those easy check boxes. And so I understand why it happens, but also it's a problem and it's why I'm so passionate yeah. about addressing it and helping women really sort through this.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that you're doing this though. I love, I say it all the time. Like I just love what you're teaching because it really, it's changed my life and I think it's changing everyone's lives. Tell people how they can work with you because I know that you offer a lot of resources. I know that people are going to want to learn more. So how can people work with you to redefine their motherhood, to become the CEO of their home, to enjoy motherhood and just all of that that you teach? How can people work with you?
1: Uh, so the first thing you can go to my Instagram, I'm freckled Han on Instagram. My name is Hannah and I have freckles. So that's easy to remember. <laughs> freckled <laughs> You can look at um, some of the content content that I have there to see if just a little bit more about how I talk about this. I also have a free training that helps you separate the start, start this process on your own of separating out the job of caregiving and all that looks like. And that includes both the physical load as well as the mental load, which we talk about in that training. But also I'm just about to launch uh, my next round of my Redefining Motherhood program. So this is like my signature program. It's a six-week program. I teach you the content live and you can show up and ask questions or whatever as you see fit. We have a Facebook group where we can have further conversations as well. And basically this is helping you really cement these concepts and really separate the relationship from the job. We actually start this week on the 13th And so it is available for for purchase right now. You can just jump in and you haven't missed anything. It, this program, I am so happy (laughs) with how this program came together and the feedback that I've gotten from the women that have gone through it, because it helps in so many ways. It helps you understand the thoughts that you're having about motherhood right now, how they're hurting your relationships. It helps you separate the job from the relationship. It helps you avoid burnout. It helps you focus on the bigger picture of the relationship rather than just like the here and now of caregiving for tiny children. There are so many different facets to this conversation that I have been able to help women over this six weeks, totally change the way that they're thinking about motherhood, totally improve their relationships, not only with their kids, but also with their spouse and themselves, like really understanding your identity and not relying or pivoting your identity on that relationship of motherhood, but rather just thinking of it, like it is a relationship that you hold and not like your entire Person and consuming every aspect of your life. So please check it out. Um, You can go on my website freckledhand.com/slash-program. I'll put the
0: if you send me, I'll put the link in the show notes too, so people can just easily access it from the show notes.
1: Perfect. And here's one of my lovely children. Now, (laughs) (laughs) I love the I love the special guests.
0: Okay, I will let you go. I know your kids are waiting for you, Hannah. Thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate it so much. And everybody, go check out her program. It'll change your life. Thank
1: you so much for having me.
0: If you want to learn more about the resources I have to offer, head to thesleepfairyway.com or follow me on Instagram at the underscore sleepfairy. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you
1: next time.